0: The subject today is chronic pain, and and I often wonder, are we in chronic pain, or are we we just convinced that, oh, well, I read about it on Google, it must be?
1: Wow, that's a great question. I think if you have chronic pain, you know it. (laughs) <laughs> it is, by, by definition, it's pain for three or more months um, and often causing some pretty significant disruption. It can really impact um, the lives of people. I think that's um, the hallmark of do you have chronic pain that probably needs to be addressed.
0: Yeah, when you, when you say it halts people, I mean, I, I totally agree with that because I've seen people who, who stop their dreaming, who who will not go out and do certain things anymore because they're afraid of that pain. It's, a, it's almost like a new fear in their lives.
1: Yes, that's really insightful. Um, We find that people often just freeze their lives in place and think, you know what, I'll get back to life once the chronic pain is past, And that's probably the worst thing that they can do. You know, most cases, physicians have reviewed a a patient's particular pain and said, you know what, you can exercise, you can walk, you can do things. But yet people are often so afraid to do that. They don't want, you know, they they don't want to re-injure themselves when really the best thing they can do is start to move and live again. And that's really kind of the goal.
0: I'll openly admit that uh, that's the reason why I kind of walked away from being in a martial arts class. It's because at the age of 58, it was like, you know what? It's not if I get hurt. It's when I get hurt. And it's going to take me longer to heal.
1: Right, so it sounds like you've wrestled with this before.
0: Oh, I deal with chronic pain my entire life. Oh, I live with this stuff and the thing that I've learned about it is it's all based on um, you know it you know pain management' it's, it's somebody once told me that that pain management is is taking it stop comparing how you how you once lived to where you are right now. Just live in your moment of now and and and, mm-hmm. and work with the pain itself.
1: Exactly. It's like a dance. I have a a, a woman who reflects on her experience living with chronic pain. In the book, I have like 13 different patient stories where they talk about the experience. And she says that fighting early, early in her diagnosis, she just fought chronic pain and fought it defeated by it and just didn't move and now she's learned how to dance with it so there it is and how do we kind of move around it and we we don't we're not going to make it worse but we're also not going to let it dominate our lives and you know be willing to be a little bit more active and engaged and most people find that when they are more active and doing the things they love their pain actually gets better And they start to sleep better and have a little more energy so it's so important to to live your life do we create
0: a lot of this pain because we think it in other words we we sit there and we we assume that we're having a bad day today and all of a sudden the the adrenaline becomes poison for the rest of the body and it gets in the Mm -hmm. the, in the joints
1: Oh, so that that I think you're in the neighborhood of what happened. You know, we, we don't think stress per se causes chronic pain, but we certainly know it makes it worse. And we do know that the more people feel stressed, the more they're actually changing the biochemicals in their bodies. And we think that may have an important role in in um, maybe triggering the chronic pain, but at the very least making the pain worse. And so a lot of what we teach um, in, in chronic pain care and in, in my book is how to better manage stress. You know, what are some ways that you can kind of dial down these really, really intense, fearful messages that you might be getting really quite quite um, unnecessarily from your brain, because often your brain will say, it's a threat, it's a threat, yeah. when yeah. really the chronic pain itself is, is just, um, it's almost like an old, learned um, process. It's just kind of lurking in your brain, ready to be triggered. And when you feel that pain, usually the first thought is, oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that can make the pain worse.
0: I use meditation as a way to make my way through pain. And and one of those things is because listening to the mind, body, and soul, and allowing the body to, to feel its own natural vibration, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's that, that's incredible. Actually, talk a little bit more about that. What 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 is it that you feel?
0: What what I do is it's it's like it's like I always call it you know sitting on a cloud. And it's like uh, mm-hmm. um and so because of the, the the meditation that I do is nidra, which is connected mm-hmm. to yoga. And so in in learning how to break down what the mind is like, in other words, if I start thinking negative, break it down, break it down, break it down. Why are you mm-hmm. there? What is the decision? And so therefore, when you start freeing your mind, all of a sudden the pain goes. Okay, it was nice seeing you today.
1: Yes. So you really hit on the piece, which really at the core of our research at the Chronic Pain and Fatigue Research Center is understanding the role that the brain and our thoughts and emotions are playing in in the experience of our pain. And when we think terrified, scary thoughts, the pain signal is actually amplified and the pain feels worse when we're thinking meditative thoughts and we're able to piece piece apart the thoughts that are troubling us or or kind of dampen down or, or not be so frightened of our negative emotions, we feel the pain signal improve. But when we actually, f- or really engage in something we love doing, if it's a hobby or being with friends, you might even notice the pain isn't even there, mm-hmm. that it actually has gone so far to the back of, of, the, of the mind or the brain, because the brain can only process so much information at once and it kind of just turns its attention to what's most salient in the moment. And that might be having a joyful moment with your great friends, doing something really fun as opposed to focusing on that pain that's right in the back.
0: Well, it makes me wonder if pain is a trigger then, and maybe I should be questioning the pain. What did I do today in order to go through this? Maybe we need to break it down and see the before so that the, you know, the after has peace.
1: You know, isn't it interesting? And I think there is a whole approach to pain where people um, will have a pain flare. And then we'll go back and say, God, what was I thinking right before that got really bad? And very frequently, people will say, oh my gosh, I was really angry at my, at my stepmom or you know, I'm infuriated by something that my spouse said. And once that's even just acknowledged, sometimes the pain will dial down. Because what happens is when when we have really intensely negative thoughts or fears or feelings, um, often the brain just blanketly refers to as threat. And often that blanket threat comes out in the form of pain mm-hmm. and so you know if we can have an awareness and recognize what might be preceding that that sharp pain sometimes we can actually diffuse it like a bomb
0: what do we do in situations where so many millions of us are taking these statins and statins create a lot of pain a lot of joint pain muscle pain how do we deal with that and is that looked upon as being chronic pain as well
1: well you know anytime pain is chronic, That's, that is what it is and sometimes the origin is different if you are on statins and they are causing you pain, my strongest recommendation is go back to your doctor and say <laughs> hey this is making my life bad, there's got to be something else that I can take never want people just to discontinue taking any medications without the consult consult of, the, of your doctor, but you are your best advocate, go back and tell your physician this is not acceptable You can we try something different
0: oh my god, I've been doing that since July of 2009 and then finally a adopted- Doctor looked at me and said, "Look, what's the alternative here? If you don't take the statin, you're going to die. Okay, so, dude, you figure out a way how you're going to make your way through this pain." Those were his exact words.
1: So unnice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and have you found have you found a new doctor to do business with? Yeah, I've, I've been with them,
0: and it, what's so funny is that yeah, I have, and I've been to, through three of them, and it's like uh, mm-hmm. one of those things where I even tried to take uh, natural things, uh, supplements uh, to do mm-hmm. the uh, for the high cholesterol and stuff, and it's uh, it's like, no, dude, you got you got to take these statins.
1: Yes, and that is so unfortunate. So it creates an uh, you know, creates some more pain. So the question is then, if if there's no alternative, how can you dial down the signal? Are there things? Yeah. And are there things that you do that, you know, that actually can help dial down that signal, perhaps when you're in meditation or if you're doing some deep breathing? Um, really kind of the you know, crux of what I talk about in my book is putting together kind of some common sense tools that you can use to um, reliably dial down your pain. But part of the problem is identifying what those tools are.
0: Yeah, because one of the things that you cover inside your book is chronic pain reset. I'm really interested in finding out what that is.
1: Oh, well, the notion is that we can reset our brains, that we do have the power because of neuroplasticity. And that really is just a fancy word for saying that our brains structure and function can change. We used to not think that was the case. We used to think it was pretty set once we got into early adulthood. But now we know that the brain can rewire and rewire pretty effectively. And so the thought is that we can affect how the brain and the networks that are used by doing things like exercising, healthy eating, um, uh, a little bit of mindfulness, uh, Mm -hmm. being with friends and people who are, are, are rewarding for us to be with, doing fun things. All of that all the pain signals, when they're mixed in with more positive thoughts and more positive emotions, actually can choose to can, can have the effect of dampening that pain signal. So it really is putting together a program that can help you reset pain. And the way that's done is I have what I call like a 30-day challenge or yes. 30-day speed dating of techniques. and once the once the early chapters are read, there's a 30day period where every day there's a little two-page flap that introduces an evidence-based, Skill, a new one each day. And what the reader does is read about the skill and give it a try. Take 10 minutes, give it a try, and think you know what? this might work or you know what this is so not my cup of tea (laughs) and every day you pass judgment on these and by the end of the 30 days hopefully you have anywhere from five to 20 new strategies that you might want to try and then the end of the book is how do you put these to work kind of kind of sampling them one at a time because what we know in treating chronic pain is the treatment that works best for all patients this is it. This is this is the Rosetta Stone. The treatment that works best is the treatment that the patient is willing to do. Yes. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, uh, doctors can recommend things to their blue in the face, but if the, if the patient doesn't see it as something that makes sense to them, that they feel is valuable and want to invest their time and effort, in, they won't do it. Yeah. And so. To find the things that you think are going to work to improve your sleep or improve, improve your activity, to make your relationships more rewarding, um, to um, you know, invite mindfulness into your life. But these are all kind of optional and people get to choose. Wow.
0: Where can people go to find out more information? I mean, I realize we have this conversation and they can hit repeat on a podcast. But the thing is, though, is I want them to really know who you are as as a person and as a leader.
1: Oh, thank you so much. So, well, they can find more information about me at aftenhasset.com. My name is A. F-S-N-Frank, T-O-N is in Nancy, Hassett, H-A-S-S-E-T-T dot com. And I have a full biography and information about me as well as the book and where it could be purchased. It's actually in pre-sale right now at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and Target and every place else. It'll be released on September 5th, but there's a ton of stuff on the website as well as supports for the book, including recordings and videos and things that'll help people on their journey.
0: I love it. Please come back to this show anytime in the future, Doctor. The door is always going to be open for you
1: oh you're so kind i really enjoyed speaking with you and I, I hope you'll find something in the book that can help you as well oh i will oh
0: i will because this is this is <laughs> this is my study my lifelong study it absolutely is
1: <gasps> oh great well please get back to me when when you have a chance to try some of and let me know how it works for you. you
0: bet you'd be brilliant today okay
1: oh thank you you as well